0: blog talk radio good morning out there in blog talk radio land and those in not tuning in from iTunes and Google Play and Rainbow Soul and there's so many different ways that people dial into the show and they coming in through the chat room different ways that people connect to off the shelf as I was telling our guests who I'm excited to introduce to you later today We get a lot of not only our live listens, but a lot of archive listens, and our listener numbers are going up. We've been doing Off the Shelf. It's just such a blessing, but more than 13 years, and we've had some phenomenal guests on. I recently learned one of our guests, she works with somebody who has an international presence, and she's really taken off, and then she's been on Off the Shelf. Uh, twice s Renee is her name, and then you people you've seen on c n n who've been on off the shelf radio and uh uh other large platforms that people have been on they've we've been blessed to have them here, and we've had several new york times best selling authors on our show over these thirteen plus years and we're we're excited to add today's guests to those lists of of artists who've been on whether they're very seasoned, or uh, they're in the middle of their career, or they're an emerging creative. Uh, Not only writers, but we've had publishers and editors on, and people in radio and television and movie producers. So we're excited to add her to the list, and we encourage you to just put it on your schedule at 11 a.m., Eastern Standard Time or New York City time that you you're going to catch Off the Shelf. You can catch it on your cell phone, your smartphone, your laptop, your computer. There's so many ways to listen to Off the Shelf. You can just dial in from right from your phone if you want to or connect to the chat room, but you're missing out on a lot if you don't catch Off the Shelf. And I'm not just saying that cuz I'm the host. I've learned so much from every guest we've had on that just but some things that have really, really blessed my life that our our guests have. So there's still time for you to tell your friends and your book lovers everywhere and your colleagues and your neighbors, whether they're looking for something for creative or inspirational or motivational, definitely entertaining and uh, enlightening. Tell them to catch off the shelf and they they can catch the show right now and not miss any of our special guests. If they if they tune in now, the dial in number is three four seven nine nine four three four nine zero. Again, that's three four seven nine nine four three four nine zero. They can click on the link that I, I've, I've sent it out, and I'm sure our guest has. Just log in to Blog Talk Radio, look up Denise Turney off the shelf. It should come up at the very top, and you can either join uh clicking in that way or through the chat room. And again I want to give the listener dial in number three four seven nine nine four three four nine oh. And then next I want to give you a thought just to just to chew on throughout the week. And this is from Nikki Giovanni and she said, I really don't think life is about the I could have been. Life is only about the I tried to do. I don't mind the failure, but I can imagine that I forgive myself if I didn't try. And, again, that's from Nikki Giovanni. Just something to think about this week. And you are, if you just tuned in, you are listening to the winning book radio show, Off the Shelf. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our Saturday, April 21st show. This year is getting by, you guys. I know early in the week was the tax deadline, so we 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 made it through that, and then we the next holiday in the u s is Memorial Day, but we're coming up close, believe it or not, we'll be looking at the the middle of the year before we know it so think about that quote from Nikki Giovanni, and if there's something you really want to do, I encourage you to 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 get started on it and this is what our guest today did before we introduced our special guest i want to ask you and i ask this every week how good of a mystery sleuth are you do are you i love columbo okay every saturday sunday night here uh in atlanta i watch columbo i love that show even though they show you uh, some of what happens like a, a author will do they they leave some hidden gems you have to watch the whole thing to put it all together and that's what a great writer does. If you love mystery and you also value relationships, think about if you think about your life, the things that you say, Oh, I like this or I feel happy or I don't feel happy or involved or, or appreciated, it has to do with relationships. Not only the concept you have of yourself, but how other people concept you and they treat you based on the concept they hold of you. If you value those things, relationships between a a father and a son, there's a complicated father son relationship in the book, and these four friends and a soulmate, Brenda and Raymond. If you value that, and a mystery. I think you will love love for over me and you can get it in ebook or in print uh copy is at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart ebookit.com. If you don't see it on the shelf just go up to the clerk and ask them. Say, "I'd like to get a copy of Love Pour Over Me by Denise Turney." The only way you're really going to enjoy this story is to go out and get a copy and read it. And then please let me know how you enjoy off um, Love Pour Over Me. And now, what I'm excited about. She has been so supportive on my YouTube channel. She is probably on there making more comments than anybody else, and I really appreciate her. And when she she reached out for Off the Shelf, I was so excited and just excited about today's interview. Again, I researched for the show, but I learned so much about each guest as the show unfolds. And who is this phenomenal woman we're presenting to you today? Well, our special Off the Shelf guest this morning is Candace Waller. Candace is a New Jersey native. She has a master's degree in digital publishing from New York University. She has written for Black Enterprise Magazine, Go Candace. Candace has also published many newspaper articles. Books that she has authored include What Goes Around, Comes Around, which we're going to discuss uh, during this morning's feature interview. I really encourage you to visit Ms. Candace Waller. You know what I was doing at um, for our listeners, I was doing that mind memory thing, and I was going Candace Walker for the longest. And I said, no, 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 Candace Waller. so I'm gonna spell her name. Her last name is her first name is C A N D A C E, last name is W A L L E R, not Walker. Waller. W A L L E R. You can visit her. She's a book author, journalist, and blogger. You can visit her online at CandaceWaller.com. C-A-N-D-A-C-E-W-A-L-L-E-R.com. Please don't do what I did and go Walker. It's C-A-N-D-A-C-E-W-A-L-L-E-R.com. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Ms. Candace.
1: Thank you, Denise. I'm so happy and excited to be here. I love your writing tips, your publishing tips um you've been really an inspiration, and I thank you so much for you know putting yourself out there with your regular videos. I really enjoy them
0: uh, well it's it's an honor to have you here <laughs> now when I was actually uh- finalizing for your feature interview, I said, "H name Mason Walker <laughs> that's that <laughs> memory thing." And so people, how many people I wonder, look for you and then they they looking for walker is it again w a l l e r that's an it's not a last name I've heard a lot, but can Waller. no it's not Waller.
1: you're not the first person that's do walker it, though lots of people do that I don't know uh,
0: why. oh my goodness. <laughs> before we go into the the day's uh questions we're talking about your books and your writing and your working with Black Enterprise, et cetera, you've done so much. Before we launch into that, I just wanted to let you know the first few questions I ask every single off-the-shelf guest so our listeners can get a little backstory on our guests before we launch into the questions. So before we go into the specifics of your books and your writing, Candace, can you tell us where you grew up and what life was like for you growing up?
1: I grew up in New Jersey. I grew up in a small town in New Jersey. So I I grew up in a very suburban area. And you know, my parents I grew up with my parents. My father is from the South. So I always had that southern kind of influence and I used to go there every summer to visit when I was a kid. So I have that influence. You know, I grew up in the uh the hip hop era, you know, Run-DMC and all that kind of stuff. So we kind of that was kind of the music and the styling back then. So I kind of grew up without having internet, and now having internet. So I had I kind of saddled both both worlds. It's very interesting when you have that. You know, when I worked in libraries, we had actually card catalog, and now everything's on computer. So I've kind of seen things kind of grow, and I and I I have appreciation because I have I can appreciate both sides.
0: Wow, that's a little bit about me. You said I didn't know you worked in a library. So you worked in a library. How were you when you worked in a library? I worked
1: in in three libraries. Yeah, I worked in three wow. libraries, worked in a couple books. I loved books from the very beginning. My mother was always reading to us and taking, she took us to get our library card. It was such a big deal. And I think parents really, if you want to encourage your children to be readers, you have to be reading yourself and also bringing them to the library because then they get to pick books and then, you know, maybe buy them a special book instead of buying them so much. I mean, you can buy them presents too, but you should include books because we need to really encourage reading. You get so much, your mind is broadened so much when you read. It really helps.
0: Yes, yes. The development. Yes. That wasn't a topic. Again, I say every show I learn something different. Um, what would you say to writers, and this wasn't a question I had planned to ask, but who writers who are looking to get their books in libraries? It's changed, you said. It, everything was on paper years ago, and now a lot of things are computerized. I just was having lunch with some friends and things that – or an employer used to do at a large firm, they said, now, there's an app that does that. They don't need a mm-hmm. person to do it anymore. How would somebody try to be more successful? What could the author do to get their books in libraries today?
1: Well, you know, you have to have the um, ISBN number because that's what they like. Um, you know, I think if you've written a book, I know that, you know, sometimes I suggest people doing a reading or doing an event at their home library and try to get your book in the home library. You want to try to build up that audience. People overlook libraries a lot, but libraries are great because people who come there are already interested in reading. And you want if you put on an event, you know, they help you promote, and that really helps kind of pave the way of getting in there. Is because a lot of times with self-published authors, they don't, they won't put your book in a library. But if you are
0: a oh, local author. Okay.
1: If you're local and you do an event, then you know there's a good chance they might put uh, your book there because you have that local. Because eventually, what a lot of people do, you know, you may start off self published, but if you get enough traction, because I worked for a couple publishing houses as well, as I was a publicist, I worked for Time Warner. You know, I worked for Pearson, I worked for Workman. So if you get enough traction on your books, enough numbers, you know, you might get. the 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 attention of a publishing house and then they'll take your backlist and you know put it under their brand and then you're then you're going to get in libraries so you know it's you really have to really kind of be willing to kind of push your book and not be afraid to talk about it
0: yeah and then go like you said uh consider going local that's even at the bookstores i know uh tracy price tom when she came out with um I want to say it was Black Coffee. I'm not sure the title of the book. That's what she did. She decided to focus predominantly on the Northeast, and then uh, her book took off. It just took yeah. off. She didn't try to do you, the whole nation. Just focus no, you, the, do, the local. you do
1: your thing first because you're going to have to, as a self-published author, you have to pay for it. So if you're willing to, you say, look, I'm going to go in a radius of where I live, and or if you have a connect, you know, just. Do local events and start building up your name and your brand, your online, and getting sales and selling your book local, and then branch out. Because people try to do too much. You you take up, you eat your food one bite at a time. You don't put the whole thing in your face. It's one bite at a time. You attack <laughs> it little by little, and then you. That's how you get your book to kind of grow and get in more places. So that's what I would suggest.
0: What did you dream of be, What did you dream of becoming when you were a child?
1: I always loved her. I used to journal so much when I was a kid. I was always writing and, you know, journaling. So I didn't know I was going to be an author. I just knew I wanted to do something with writing. And so that was always what I wanted to do. And also I like to dance. So I do both now. Actually, I teach dance. You know, I have a nonprofit, not-for-profit dance group where I teach, you know, youth dance. And then I like to write, and those are the kind of things I liked growing up. I was always writing. Wow, you
0: always wanted to be a writer. That's a rarity here on Off the Shelf. A lot of people, oh, I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be a nurse. I wanted to Mm -hmm. be an engineer, Mm -hmm. to be an attorney. So you always knew you wanted to be a writer. What do you think, who or what would you say inspired you to pursue writing and burst your love for books?
1: Well, like I said, my mother was definitely someone who really helped me with the writing of, Loving books, and I always used to journal. So I would sit there and I have things, and I, I like to write because you know I, I'm i kind of I was always kind of a little bit of a shy person. So writing was an outlet for me. So I would write different things down that happened in my life, as opposed to talking about them. So that's kind of where that started. It just was it was journaling. I didn't write stories. I wrote about myself. That's how it started. So I didn't write like you know some people make up stories and stuff. I made up I just wrote about my life, like what I if I liked a boy, I wrote about I how I felt about that. I wrote about the death of my grandmother when I was ten years old. You know, I just wrote things that happened to me in my life.
0: Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. How has majoring you're talking about how libraries have changed over the years. How has majoring in digital publishing strengthened or sharpened your your writing? your writing and your 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 ability to market and get your books out to other people. Well,
1: I I went to NYU and when I went to NYU, I graduated in 2008. And when I was in my in my class, nobody wanted to do digital. Oh no, no, no because it had digital had kind of come up and it kind of crashed, and people said, "Oh, it's not going to really come back." But I said, "No, People, we haven't found out how we're going to use digital. It's going to come back. So it really helped my writing because the way you write online is so different than how you write for something printed. Like the way people look at stuff online, it's just a different technique, and you really have to perfect that if you're going to reach your readers in a digital sense because how do we reach them? We have the newsletter. You have a newsletter, and I've signed up for it. So, and other people, you have a blog. And those are low-cost ways of reaching people. You have a Facebook page, and that's all the online writing. So you don't write the same way online as you do in a printed form. The way you lay it out is different. How you use images is different online than when you do printed. And that has to you have to okay. be able to do that in this era.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. and it's changing even faster than you, we can think. I yes. mean, in another five years, where we are now what they say if you don't stay out in front of the change it'll it'll probably smoke you over. You know yeah. all that all the stuff that was going on when I was in my twenties is almost like obsolete. Now and it's hard to believe just in that quick period of time things can change uh, uh that much. So do you would you recommend so let's say somebody is not a self published author, would you recommend that writers as a whole learn more about digital publishing, especially, again, considering the changes in the book industry and in the technological changes that are impacting all of us.
1: I think people, and I've always been a lifelong learner, so I believe that you definitely should try digital marketing, social media, any of the digital enterprises that you should as a writer make sure your, make yourself comfortable with and you should always be perfecting your writing i always took writing court classes i didn't understand people who said they wrote and they didn't try to take classes like i you know writing to me is like playing a sport you constantly do it to get better at it and i always took classes in marketing and took classes in writing actually i'm going to take another class at Rutgers. they have a digital marketing program and i'm going to take that this summer just to even get more, like you said, because it changes so much, and you want to brush up on your skills. So that's what I've been doing. You always what have to was do it. it
0: like, Candice? Thank you so much for what you shared. Now, to get more into your the writing, writing part of it, we talked about digital publishing, and that's something that could help any author listening. Who Some writers still do the writing by pen, and that's fine, but mm-hmm. like I said, things are changing so fast. In another 10 years, who knows what will be going on so to keep learning and to get, keep up with digital publishing. So thank you for what you share. But now I want to talk more specifically about Candace Waller's writing. So what was it like writing for Black Enterprise? What, what was that experience like? I mean, that's a very, very respected, influential uh, periodical.
1: Yeah, I actually got the opportunity from Alfred Edmund. He was such a great he he's a high level editor there and he went to Rutgers. I went to Rutgers and he would come back to the school and, like, you know, mentor students. And I wrote to him, and I was like, you know, I'd like to, you know, write for the publication, and he helped me get on there. And what happened was when I was working for I was supposed to do, like, an intern and only write, like, a little bit. And then something happened with the editor. I don't know what happened with that situation. So I ended up doing a lot more writing for it, and then I started doing more and more freelancing for them. So it was very exciting. I loved working. I've never worked in a magazine before where everybody is black. You know what I mean? It's not a common thing in publishing, Mm -hmm. And so from the top to the bottom, most of the people you work with are African American and it was a very unique and wonderful experience to um work in that type of environment and they were very supportive. And I would just be pitching stuff and I wrote a lot of stuff and I did like their doctors issue, help with that and it was you know, it was really pretty exciting to work for them and you know, they're very professional. I learned a lot from being there and Mr Edmund is he was just great to really helped me out like that. i always been grateful for him for that opportunity.
0: Wow, that's a good – talk about something to put on your resume. So you actually said you freelanced eventually, mm-hmm. but you worked on, on, on site for a while at the mm-hmm. actual um, location where they uh, pulled the magazine together?
1: Yes. So what happened was I, you know, wrote to him because I, you know, he went to Rutgers and he. I actually interviewed him for the local um, Rutgers paper. So funny because he worked there. So he let us come over there, and I went in there and I said, "Oh, I'm looking for something." So I was supposed to be there for a little while, but, you know, they kept me there for. You know, I was there for like I was like there for maybe a month or so, and I was in the office helping them put this doctor's issue together, and that was really exciting to see how it actually came about. And then, like I said, something happened. And the person who was supposed to do some of the writing couldn't or whatever, and I ended up stepping in and doing that because I had been working with them on the issue, so I knew a lot already. So you see how you always have to be ready? That's why I tell people you never know
0: when an opportunity is going to come.
1: Yes! I was there, and I dressed professionally. When I went in there, I took them very seriously because, you know, they like you to dress. I had on my business suits every day, my hair done, the right shoes on, came in on time, ready to work. And they were like, who is this girl? Okay. And and one of the ladies told me, they said, they were watching you. They said, you know, she worked out. She looked the part. She came and she tried hard. Of course, I wasn't perfect in everything. But, I mean, I tried and I, you know, did whatever they asked me to and, so that's how that worked out, and then I started – I was supposed to just help, like, more administrative, help her get this doctor issue together, but then I ended up helping to write a couple articles for it, and that was not something that was initially supposed to happen. So that's why I tell people, always be ready. When that opportunity comes, you got to be ready to take it.
0: Yes, and then, like you said, you, you reached out. You, you both went to the same uh, school, so you reached out. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you what advice would you give to somebody who wanted to start writing for a publication like Black Enterprise or Time or another major uh, periodical. You look for those connections, just like how business people look how yep. they're going to make a sale. Where, where are the connections? Did, we, did the CEO of this company we'd like to do business with, did he go to the same college as somebody we one of our employees to yep. get a hookup? Other than and that, you what don't... other advice would you
1: What if you don't join an organization? Like, you know, there's the National Association of Black Journalists. They have events. There's other publishing events. There's events for uh, publicists. I recommend people joining organizations, and they have chapters all over. So I would join an event, a a club like that, and then you get to meet people. Because a lot of times there are speakers at these events or, you know, something like that. And then that's how you make a connection if you don't have it already. Because people, like, if they see you, they may help you more. You may you may uh, send something in, and then they're like, they can easily say no. But if you come face-to-face and you're professional and you have good things to offer, you never know where that can lead. So I recommend joining organizations like that.
0: Okay, thanks for that advice. Now, life is all about relationships. Yes. So I wanted to ask you, We've kind of touched on my, leading into my next question, were you able to network when you were at Black Enterprise to even expand your networking as something else to take advantage of wherever you work, attending employee events where you go, asking maybe if there's something that the company does. As a networking event, hey, can I go, I can help y'all set up, and then you can get there and meet some people, but were you able to network by attending events that one or more of the reps from Black Enterprise went to, and you could build relationships there that either now or in the future can help you advance not only your book writing, but also your book sales? Did you get well, those you know- opportunities
1: you know, I still, I'm still still connected with Mr. Edmund at Ed, Black Enterprise. And then what happened is one of the other editors there, you know, I was working with her, and she left them and went to another publication, and then I wrote for her. So, like, what happens is with editors, they tend to move around a lot. So if they like you and, you know, you build a good rapport, you can write for them at other places. So definitely, I definitely try to network. You have to do it because one of the things people don't realize is they think it's just uh, – writing. on writing. It's just you have to be able to network. You have to be able to present yourself. I took a Toastmaster course, and I got my first-level Toastmaster certificate as a public speaker, and that was really important because it taught me how to network, how to speak well, how to present myself because, you know, people look at you, and they make a quick decision if they're going to work with you or not, and that was real important, and it still is important.
0: Yes, yes. And the way you yeah, the way people perceive you, the concept that people create about you, whether mm-hmm. it's really you or not, when did you start writing? what goes around comes around how many years ago did you sit down and start writing on the book?
1: I wrote the book a long time ago. I'm embarrassed to say that book it I wrote it like thirteen years ago. I'm gonna admit it because I wrote the book, oh, okay. and then i <laughs> what happened was I felt like, oh no, I wrote this book, I finished the book, and I'm like, oh well, I was so intimidated by like trying to get it published. And I kind of was like, oh, I'm not going to worry about it. And then I went to this, you know, write a novel in a month event. And I met this girl there, and we were like, we want to write a book. I said, do you want to talk about our book? So, I, And I said, I'm going to show you my book. And she said, you wrote a book, and you never published it. What is wrong with you? And I said, oh, and so she actually went through the book and was like, you, what are you kidding me? You better publish this book. And so we went through it and, and, and she helped me go through it again. And then I published it and that's what happened. Because you have to really have a lot of faith. Writing is very, like, you know, you're by yourself. And I just didn't feel like in a lot of ways confident to kind of, I could promote other people, but it was hard to do it for myself.
0: Mm. So it took me a I long time I think that's something time. a lot of writers struggle struggle with And then after a while you know that if you don't do it The sales aren't coming So you have to, you have to get out there and do it About what goes around comes around Candace. did you have a personal experience That made you want to address uh, Reaping what you sow Or the topic What goes around comes around Maybe even as a way to help you heal From maybe a bad relationship What inspired you actually to take on that topic in your book,
1: you know, I I I write wrote it because I've always been very interested in relationships, and you know, a lot of times I I wanted to write something that talked about how when something bad happens, if you're if you're a good person and you're good to your core, good can still come out of your life. You know, and a lot of times when people hear that saying, they think of it very as a negative connotation, but in my sense, I wanted to show it as a positive, like she had negative things happen to her. But you know what? God is still in control, and he got you, and you know what? He can make good out of everything, out of anything. And that's why I kind of want to rate it.
0: Yes, yes. Because I wanted wanted to ask you, in real life, um, do you really believe that what goes around really comes around? Whether, like you said, it's from a positive, you do good, maybe bad things happen to you, but eventually you reap the good the seed, good seeds you planted do come up and bear fruit. Or, or or on the flip side, based on your experience, Candace, can we get away with doing dirt? You see it all the time in the news, not only from the sexual harassment for stuff people did decades ago. But and they did it for a long time and nobody ever heard a boo about it. But there's so many things that People think, "I can't get away with it." Can we get away with doing dirt and not get caught if we're smart enough? You know what and, I think. Well, and it, on the other side, of, on the other side, do you think that if we do do good, even though bad things might be happening to us now, that good will eventually bear fruit?
1: Yeah. Well, it says in Romans eight that all things work for good for those who trust God. So if you're walking in faith, I believe that good things will happen, even if it doesn't appear on the surface. And we really don't get away with stuff. We don't, like these people that are, stuff is coming out, you don't know, we don't know what happened in their lives that was a direct result of what they did. We just know that we found out publicly what happened. Because I don't believe you really get away with Ah. doing stuff like that. My grandmother used to say, you know, say that all the time you you know you cannot just treat people you have to be careful how you treat and handle people because eventually that will catch up with you you know and try to be the best person you can be
0: yes yep eventually it will tell us about miss nicole gonzalez what is she like
1: Nicole has a little bit of an anger problem, and she has a little bit of a self-confidence problem, and she lets these things stop her from really following her dream. Her dream is to sing, and she wants to sing gospel music, and she wants to present that gift to the world, but she has let a bad marriage and her lack of self-esteem stop her from really taking it where she wants to go. And then when we meet her, she's at a crossroads. Things are not going well in this marriage. Job is looking iffy, and she's got to decide what am I going to do with my life. And so she said, "I'm going to just pursue my dream." And then, when in the process of pursuing dream, you know, when she puts herself out there and she surrenders herself to God and she opens herself up, good things start to happen to her. And sometimes that's like a mirror of life. It's when we we just surrender it and we we just have faith and we just let things happen. Then things good things happen to us. We can't control everything.
0: Mm-hmm. No. I'm glad you said that. If if we, I don't think we control anything, but we can have the illusion that we do. But, yeah, well, okay. So Miss Nicola Gonzalez, she struggles with self-esteem issues. So mm-hmm. uh, she wants to be a singer, but, oh, I don't know if I can do it. And so uh, something happens in her life through her job, and she says, you know what, I'm going for it.
1: Yeah, now, I'm going for it. Why does she
0: going feel pressure? Good for her. Why mm-hmm. does she feel pressured at the start of the book? And how long has she been married? She's been married over 10 years.
1: So she's been 10 years with this man.
0: Oh. And he
1: is not doing the right thing. He's like a little bit, he's a womanizer. When we meet her, like she's like telling him to get out. You know, it's it's dissolving this marriage. She brings his woman there. There's a big confrontation. You know, like not he's not right. really respecting her. And, you know, she tried to do, be... She tried to mirror the marriage that her parents had, but, you know, her father and this man were not not the same. And she kind of rushed into this marriage young, not really seeing what – a lot of people do. They rush into relationships, and they don't see the, what it, what's there. They see what they want to see. They project, and it's not working out. And she tried to hold on to it, and when God said it's over, it is over and you know, Woo! that's where we, that's where we got her. You know, it's done. <laughs> he told you it's done. And you're not gonna hold on. You can hold on but when he says it's over, it's over. And you know, she's just very sad about it. we meet her and she's very sad and you know, and then she you know, but she's always been a good person. She mentors a young person and this lady is like, You've done so much good for me, you're a good woman. You know, just move on out of the mouth of babes, right? Move on. What what? Get over it, <laughs> is what to say. Do what you're supposed to do. You've been telling me what to do. Now I'm telling you what to do. Get off and get going. And that's how we kind of meet her, and then we see how this, how she kind of evolves into what she really do was you supposed tell to be all reader, along.
0: Do you tell the reader or show the reader through the book, um, so she's coming to like a, a, cross, a crossroads, she's mm-hmm. coming to an intersection, like she got to make a choice does she do you show the reader any of this is what her life was like prior to her reaching this crossroads or they they just come in at the crossroads and you take it from there?
1: They come in at the crossroads but they see hints of her life they like they know she lives in a nice area and she had nice things, but it was all like an illusion because she did not see the whole picture of what was going on. So she kind of said, I'll be the goody-goody wife, and I'll do this, and I'll have the nice house, and I'll work and support my husband. But, you know, it wasn't – it was just an illusion. And then when that illusion – we see her when the illusion breaks. And, like, so everything – like, she kind of – you see her retrospect that It really wasn't what she thought. It's just that what she just was trying to say. You know how sometimes people put on glasses, they only want to see what they want to see, and that what's there.
0: Yeah. Wow. Who who are the two men? Nicole sounds very interesting, and I'm rooting for her. Who are the two men who enter her life? Yes, 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 she's trying to find a path that works for her.
1: Well, she meets, one of the guys she meets is like an old flame, like she knew him, and he was like the guy that got away. So, like, the old, she meets the guy, and she's like, oh, I met this guy, and... uh and, like, he always liked her, but she never really gave him the time of day. You know what I mean? You know, like, he was, like, a nice friend and whatever, and she kind of, like, let him go. And then she meets a musician because she's into music, and so then she he kind of feels a different need in her life, too. He kind of brings the excitement back. And we don't really know what happens until who she really ends up with until, like, toward the end of the story because she's still trying to and figure out. And don't tell out. us.
0: And don't tell us. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, oh um, what's going on with the, t- you know what I mean? Because that's what happens. A lot of times people say, when you kind of surrender, like, you know, you say you want to find something, you don't know how, I'm just going to just let God lead. He brings people into our lives. When we try to control stuff, that's when things get all crazy. Like he laughs at us and says, what? I'm in control. Let me handle it. So she sees these guys and she's like, okay, well, I'm trying to get my thing going. And if they're going to help me or support me, that's great. And she doesn't put too much into them. They It kind of evolves organically. And I think, those are kind of really the best relationships to have when things evolve organically, you know,
0: now is she still married when these two guys come into her life?
1: Yeah, she's still married and she's, well, she's going through the divorce, like they're separating. So this is a process of the divorce. Like he's already moved out of the house and you know, she's getting ready. She's going to lawyers, get trying to sign papers and stuff. That's when she meets these men. So she's not really trying to rush into stuff, but she needs friendship. She needs support. And that's why I kind of, I mean, I'm going to write a sequel to it because I couldn't put everything in one book, but I wanted to show that, you know, when you look for a relationship, you need someone that's going to be a support to you. It's not just the physical, he's cute, he's got a big butt or whatever. It's, is he a support to her? And that's what she needs right now. You know, I write, you know, you laugh yes. at me, but I've started a relationship column on my blog where I write no, about no, relationships. You,
0: but yes, we do. We look, you look, I just want somebody to hang out with it. And then you're right. You want somebody who's actually going to care about you, and, and be there for. She is. She. You're starting the book with a lot of tension, which is good. It make the reader say, "I want to really find out more what's happening to Nicole." Because a divorce is one of life's life's most challenging experiences. It is tough, whether you want it or don't want it. It's tough. Um, Going through a divorce, so she's going through that. Then these two mm-hmm. guys come back into into her life. She and she's mm-hmm. trying to find her path. She just left a job, and she's now now going after a dream. She's got a lot going on in her life now. She operates in the entertainment industry, and this is a place we were talking earlier about technology and digital publishing. But in the entertainment industry it's constant change. Mm-hmm. Why is she scared about what might? Stressing the word "might." Why is Nicole scared about what, what might be coming? Has she has she had so much success that she's now fearing uh, that she might have to her record sales might start lagging? Why is she scared about what might be coming?
1: Well, she. She always took the safe route. Like, she didn't, she was, she wanted to do the singing thing. She got with this husband. She kind of put that on hold, Help him. And she always had a dream to write songs and sing and, you know, get into entertainment. But, you know, it's kind of changed. She's a little older now. And it's a confidence thing to really feel like you have to be, you it's to American Idol. And some of these people, like, why do they even get up there? Don't they hear how they sound? Yeah. It is a confidence thing. You have to be confident in what you do. And she kind of lacks that. And she's let life experiences kind of beat her down a little bit and not really go for it. So that's why she's kind of hung back. She's afraid of performing. She has this fear, like, and her father's not here. Her father was her biggest fan, and he died when she was a teenager. So that kind of really, you you know, he was her support. She probably never would have married this man if he had been alive, but... You know she you know she's looking for this daddy image we gotta we gotta be the whole person before we get into a relationship. People think the man completes you, no, you complete you, you are happy, and then you meet somebody. When you start think making this man have to do all this work, it doesn't work out, and you end up dealing with someone that's not good for you, and that's what happens she not she not wow. when she meets the husband, and that happens to a lot of women. We do that. So
0: how, how old are Nicole and Ricardo when they first get married? She's been married 10 well, years. How oh, her... old were they
1: when they first? Nicole was like 20, 21, she got married. She got married really young, and Ooh. he was, like, older. So she got married young. You know, she this man, he kind of knocked her off her feet. He was good-looking. He was, you know, he reminded her, like, maybe looking like the father. And then as you get older, who you marry at 20 is not who you're going to marry at 30. You know, who you know, you know, that's not the same person who you're gonna marry as you get older and so that it's sometimes we um we get married for silly reasons. <laughs> we get with people for silly reasons and we don't really we don't go deep. We look at the surface. So we need yeah, to go but she the she, But people. she
0: felt like it was right for her. You and you said Nicole was supporting Ricardo. He's older than her. Did he why is she supporting him when their marriage is starting to collapse?
1: Well, she is supporting his dream. Like, she, you know, kind of put things in the back burner to support his dream. Like, he was doing his business. He has his oh. own business. And she was supporting that. Like, she didn't want to – she wanted to be the dutiful wife and do all the things that to make him happy. And, you know, it really – he really wasn't what she thought. You know, she thought, she, she thought he was more of a family man and more than, you know, whatever. And he was just not – He wanted a younger woman because he wanted to kind of control her a little bit. You know what I mean? So that's why he took someone so young, and she really wasn't. You know how a lot of times you see these women, and they're like, "Oh, they fall in love with the idea of being married. They have this thing with their families. Their parents had this great marriage, and then when they get into it, it's it's not what they. You know what is
0: interesting? That's another topic uh, when you're when you're promoting. Uh, What goes around comes around. That's another topic, not only going after your dreams, a a promotion topic for your book, but also, um, not that all people do this, but a lot of older men do marry younger women, and I never really focused on that until you said it. It, it, Maybe he wanted to control her. He's thinking she's going to look up to him. She's going to think he knows so much more than her. And, wow, when you said that, I was like, I went, whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. He,
1: that's what happened. And then when it, and it happened, when then and he starts really showing, like, it becomes very obvious that he's not faithful, he's not doing what he's supposed to do, and she can't hold it together anymore. Because a lot of times when women, this happens to women, we get embarrassed. And we're like, oh, we'll just pretend. But people can see the cracks in your armor. And sometimes the cracks get bigger and bigger and they're seeing it, and you're trying to hide it, and you're not fooling anybody, because they know. People who love you and know you know that this is not, whatever, and and then it becomes obvious that he's not even coming home. So, so you know, what, then what? You know, she can't hide it anymore. So now everybody knows, and it's just a. We have to sometimes we have to be humble, and it's hard to be humble, you know, when things go wrong, and say, you know what, I made a mistake. I need help. Wow, Lord, I need you to help me.
0: So many. Le- You know, I'm so glad I interviewed you, and I I encourage you to continue to do interviews about your book because you have so much, the book dealing with so many real-life events, even though it's a novel, that maybe somebody reading what goes around comes around, they could see that in a relationship before they get married. And thanks to what you show with Nicole and Ricardo, they might say, you know what, I'm backing out. And it can help somebody in real life even though it's a novel. Now, what type of friend is Lisa? What's she like?
1: Lisa is a teenager. Lisa is a sassy, you know, one of these sassy, big mouth teenagers. Thinks she knows everything. You know, grew up watching MTV and all this crazy stuff. But she doesn't have a good home life. So um, Nicole is the mother that she never really had. You know, she's like the nurturer. She, the nurture that um, Nicole wanted to do with her husband, she does with this young girl. And she started with a group big sister, little sister, and then this girl, like, they just kind of stuck on, and she's always been, like, a mentor, supporter of her. So Nicole, you know, Nicole kind of, you know, sees Lisa as her younger self, you know, and is always kind of like her cheerleader and her support.
0: Okay. Now, you said you're going to write another, like, a sequel. Do you plan on turning what goes around, comes around into a book series?
1: Uh I think i'm I know I'm gonna write at least one more book because I think with the way it ends is that we kinda of see her we don't we we see something start but we don't know what's gonna happen so i wanna kinda of see her kinda of start her career, start her relationships, you know work through some other things that were in her life you know her her daddy issues that she had she's got to work through that. They've got to reconcile with that. You know, her father was good to her, and he gave her a lot of good things, and she doesn't need to replicate him in her life because he's already given her the building blocks to be a strong, confident woman, and she needs to remember who she comes from, remember what he was to her, and not try to recreate him again. You know what I mean? He's gone now, but he left her with a, a legacy, and that yeah. she can grow on that and not be afraid to step out on that, and that's what we're going to see in the next one.
0: You are one bright sister. I'm listening <laughs> to you talk and the go, nuggets, and I'm, I'm hoping our listeners will, whoever, some people are going to listen just to le- learn more about your book and hopefully go out and get a copy of What Goes Around, Comes Around by Candace Waller. But mm-hmm. others may not, not only get the book, but it, some things you share may help them in their own personal experience, especially if they're at a crossroads or have a major decision. Uh, to make now there's Mm -hmm. some spanish in the book what goes around comes around uh we're talking about for our off-the-shelf listeners who might just tuned in uh a little late but you can go back when a show finishes streaming and listen to it in its entirety in the archives but there's some spanish in the book are there plans to translate the entire novel into spanish
1: that may happen i mean she's puerto rican and she's black and her father was, you know, he was Puerto Rican, and so she grew up with, you know, the Spanish music and the, you know, the Spanish heritage. In the second book, you're going to see more of that. And, you know, so that's definitely a part of her. So, um, I don't know about translating it. I'm going to just stick with the English version right now, and we'll see how that happens. If there's demand for it, yes, definitely. You know, I wrote the screenplay okay. for it as well. So, um, so oh, i would like to... glad you did.
0: So, how soon yeah. after? First of all, um, First question I wanted to ask you: Does Nicole have any siblings, and what's her relationship like with her mother? We know her father passed; she was very close to him. Uh, he was like her, her icon. What, what's her relationship with her mother like, and does she have any other siblings?
1: She does have a sister named Valerie, and her and Valerie, you know, kind of bicker like sisters do. They love each other, but they fight sometimes. You see that in there, their little disagreements and little. And the mother is very supportive, and the mother is very. Um... You know, but she was closer to her father. You know, some kids are, like, closer to one parent than the other. But the mother was always kind of there. And I think when the because the father has gone and passed away, like, she's kind of more gravitated to her mother, too. But she definitely was a daddy's girl. (laughs) You know, she really loved her father. And, you know, he was always there for her.
0: How long did it take you to write? You started on it, you said, 13 years ago. How long did it take you to actually finish what goes around, comes around?
1: It took me about a year. To write it Okay I took okay. me a year to write and it But then I just kind of I kind of put it on the shelf
0: <laughs> And then how much Longer after you Took your year to write it How much longer after that Did you start writing On the screenplay
1: um, I took a class And it was like maybe A couple years later I would say, maybe three or four years later, I took a class. I was always taking writing classes, and they said, you know, was doing a screenplay, and I said, well, can I write a screenplay based on a book? And they're like, no, but I said, what about if it's on my own book? He said, okay, but your own book, yes. So then I started to write. It was part of a class project. That's how I wrote the screenplay,
0: part of a class project. And your life just seems like it just fits. <laughs> <laughs> how you got started with Black Enterprise for off-the-shelf listeners, tune in, they might like, this Candace Waller is one in the right place, so the black enterprise, you, the, an editor who went to the same college you did, boom, you get in the door through there, and then uh, writing what goes around, comes around, how that got launched, and then you taking a college course, and you, let me write a screenplay on, on my novel, and who knows what, where that will go, because the topic of what goes around, comes around, with, is in the entertainment industry, do you have plans to either take it uh, with the, I know a screenplay and a stage play are different, but do you have plans to either take it on your own to a local theater and take it live stage or to actually really push and see if you could turn it into either a TV movie or a major motion film? Are there any thoughts or plans in the works for that?
1: Um, I haven't tried to, I mean, I wrote the screenplay. I haven't tried to push it that way. I'm open to it. Um, I'm doing the promoting and working on my other writing projects right now, but I'm open to it. I have not tried to do a stage play because that, you're right, that's totally different. Um, that might be interesting to try to do a stage play based on this because of all the, you know, the dramatic, it probably might go that way. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Where did you find, uh, what goes around, comes around, where did you find the illustrator? for that
1: for your novel. Actually um the, a, a friend of mine knew this man and he was a, his name is Ryan Henry and uh he he was an illustrator so I said you know I told him kind of what I wanted and we worked together to put this like I tell people you have to network who do you know and ask people who who does writing who does this who does editing you know like you said networking is really really important and that's how I found them through a network. Mhm. And I asked around. That's what okay. you've got to do. You have to open. The The Bible says we have not because we ask not. We have to open up our mouth and articulate what we want. And then it happens. Once you say you want something, you write down your goals, you meditate on them, then things start to happen. So you have to take the first step by saying what you want
0: and everything. And that's how things start to come to you. You know, I, t- I can tell you. Our listeners, you do exactly that, and I, I do admire that about you and your your character. And um, what goes around comes around. The coast. she struggles with self esteem issues, and uh, some writers do. Some writers don't want to go to book signings. They don't want to be on the radio. They don't want to do a television interview. They they want to just do their work, and hopefully the book sells on its own because they don't feel comfortable speaking in in front of other people. But we're at a time when you almost have to do that. Publishers just aren't, they just aren't putting the money behind books like that to, to push them uh, that way anymore. Even major authors, they do big city tours, uh, maybe not as much as they used to, but they have to get out there and do all those all those book signings. So that's a very good thing that you share. Now, we have about 10 minutes left in, in today's show. I wanted to uh, talk about a little bit more about book marketing uh, for our off-the-shelf listeners who want to either get started as a writer or find more ways to connect with readers. Now, you also blog, Candace. How has blogging mm-hmm. helped to introduce your, your works and your books to new readers?
1: Well, with blogging... Um you can post, I, you create your Facebook page, your author page on Facebook, your Twitter. What I do is you, I blo- when I post different articles, I blog about it, and then I put it on all my social media, and that brings people to my site. So people are interested. Some people want me to help them do publicity, they, can, they contact me, or if they need, you know they want writing help, they contact me. So it's really important to have a regular way you're um, sending information to readers. You know, and I, like I told you, I was doing the love article. I've done that. That's very interesting. People have interesting comments on how I write about relationships and, you know, on self-publishing and marketing. So I think it's important for people to – you don't have to be on every social media, but pick a couple and do it regularly, regularly blog, maybe twice a week, regularly post on Facebook. And these are little things that don't take a lot of time, but it helps you build up your audience.
0: You know, what? Well, you made a good point when you said about blogging. You said – maybe twice a week. I will say this about blogging. I I have two blogs, and one I don't do as much as I used to. And I can tell you, just from looking at the analytics behind the scenes, when I would publish at least once a week, and if I did it two or three times a week, man, my my, uh, numbers of readers and visitors went way up. And then when I would start doing it like once a month, they dropped off significantly. So if you're going to blog... I do highly recommend people start to ex- – uh, same thing with YouTube. People, it, it, they, they they expect it to come out a certain amount of time. You start putting out maybe once a week and then once every three months, and pretty soon you're not going to have nobody tuning in or, 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 or visiting your blog. So stick to a schedule, and it takes a lot of discipline because you have oh, yes, so many it does. other things to do. And then you'll see your you will see your readers. I tell you, if you publish like two blogs a week, and they the themes are similar and you're using the right keywords, you're gonna see your visitors go up. You if you drop that off, you're gonna see your visitors visitors go go down. And let's talk bookmarking a little bit more uh, as we come wrapping up today's show. Uh, Candice, can you share a few ways? Uh, blogging is one getting out of networking but are there some other quick easy ways for authors particularly authors who might still be struggling with some self-esteem and they don't really want to get out there that much what are some ways that they can uh, some actions they can take to have a greater book uh, book signing and book selling success
1: well, so definitely do events, you know, do in-person events. And you know what? I partner with people. Like I'm partnering with this uh, author. Her name is Tanisha Travers, and she wrote a book called Pray for Rain. And I'm partnering with people. If you have a lack of confidence, find another author or, or, or join author groups and then do an event together so then the emphasis is not just on you. That's a way to overcome lack of confidence, and put it in your and also put it in your um paper. Put the articles when you do events. Put them in the paper. Share tips with people in the paper. Like you know, this is what we learned at this author event, and that way, because newspapers are hungry for they look they need content, and so you might be able to you know put um, information about marketing and stuff in the newspaper, and when you have your event. Also, try to partner with other bloggers. I mean, who do you know in your network? Talk about who do you know. I have a friend that she does. Her name is Denise Murray, and she has a blog. And she needs content, so she said, I'll post your content on my blog because I need to, like you said, it's hard to commit to writing twice a week. But if someone is already writing, you may want to use their content or you know, offer to write for someone else, and therefore you can um, start to bring up traffic. So those are kind of quick, easy ways that you can start doing that.
0: Yeah, and if you do go on the road to authors, here's a tip, uh, uh, another one. Don't sit down behind your desk. Try to stand up the whole time. Mm-hmm. If you have to sit, try to sit to, closer to the front of your table and hand out free excerpts, free bookmarks, things with – make sure your website URL's on there or uh, the website URL, maybe even if your book's for sale at Amazon or wherever it's for sale, com. Put that on there as well as your URL and just give out freebies, freebies, freebies. And that way, even if you don't sell a lot of books, you got the word out about your book. And that is so worth it when you go go to events. Uh, that's something that and I, also I have a mailing list. over the years. Of, have, have a mailing yes.
1: list, too. People don't have a mailing list. Ask people for the – if you're giving out something free, say, will you sign up for my mailing list? Because then you can – They've already given you permission. You can also send them stuff when you do radio interviews, when you are in a different events. You know, it, that's how you ask them for it. A lot of people don't even ask for that. Ask for their mailing list, and then thank them when they come yes. by your table. Oh, thank you for coming by my table, or here you, you get a sneak peek of my new book or whatever. People love that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. What What writing process? Um... What writing process do you follow for those who want to want to? They want to be a Candace Waller. They want to publish book in their hands like you. You have for yourself. Do you do outlines, character sketches? How do you go about creating? Like, how did you go about creating? What goes around comes around. Did you did you follow outline? Did you yes? Character I believe sketches? in outlining. How did you create the book? I,
1: Outlines are important. You don't have to outline the whole book. You can just outline five chapters at a time because that's overwhelming for people. Definitely do a character sketch because it helps you build the character. And set limits of when you're going to write. I'm going to write for two hours a day, and I'm going to have at least a page a day. And people think that's not a lot, but in a year, if you do that, you're going to have a book. So you know, if you consistently do it and you meet goals, like little goals that are attainable, you can do it. And also join writing groups if you can because they are a good way of encouraging you to um, – write and critique and give you advice, you know, when you're feeling down, you know, someone can encourage you. So I suggest doing writing groups, setting deadline. you know, setting, you know, writing goals and doing character sketches and outlines whenever possible.
0: Okay. Where can off-the-shelf listeners get a copy of your books, Candace?
1: I'm on Amazon, so you can go to Amazon. If you go to my webpage, um, com, I have a link to the Amazon page for the book. So you can find my book on Amazon. Print and also e book, yep. Okay, yes
0: yeah, we Amazon. That. It's in print yeah. and e book. Okay. It's in print and e book format. Mm-hmm. They can get a copy mm-hmm. of your book. Amazon dot com you guys. Are you do you have any upcoming speaking engagements or appearances you can share with off the shelf listeners?
1: Well I am gonna be doing an event I'm trying to firm up in Patterson, New Jersey in June. And we're, I'm just getting the dates for that. I'm going to be in Phamon uh, and West New Jersey in November. So those aren't firmed up, but I will be putting them on my site when they are firmed up so people can find out. And, uh, and, and I thank you so much. I'll be sending out the link to the interview to the people who are connected to me on Facebook on my author page as well. So if you want to hear it again, you know I'm going to be doing that too.
0: Okay, now if you're on, you said Facebook. What other social media networks? I remember earlier we were talking book marketing. You said you don't have to be on them all. There's so many social networks. But where can people find you online on the social media sites?
1: If you go to Facebook slash Candace Waller slash author, I'm there, and that's you know that's kind of where I put a lot of my stuff. I also have a professional um, profile on LinkedIn, Candace Waller. If you look for me, um, I'm on the uh, LinkedIn. And I'm also on Facebook. So probably Facebook is really where okay. I'm putting a lot of my energy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, so I'll be Are doing that. Are you on and
0: Twitter or Instagram, Miss Candice? Well, you know, when I'm on
1: Instagram, it's more like personal stuff. It's not so much the book thing because, okay. you know, I like to put pictures of, like I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a natural hair girl, so I like to do the natural hair stuff on there. And uh, so it's not okay. so much the book thing. It's just personal.
0: Okay. Okay, okay, we have been, oh, my goodness, what a treat, what a treat, what a treat. Candace Waller, we've been, she was our special guest on this Saturday, April 21st. You'll get to listen to her in the archive. She's become a part of our off-the-shelf history. You know, we started over at Rainbow Soul, and then we came to Blog Talk Radio, and our audience is really growing. So we want to thank her To be a part of our history, it's just an honor to have her a part of it. So Candace Waller, W-A-L-L-E-R, W-A-L-L, no K, W-A-L-L-E-R. And she is from New Jersey. Yeah, I'm a Jersey (laughs) girl. She's written for Black Enterprise, and she's a blogger and journalist and The title of her latest book, and she's working on a sequel, you guys, but I encourage you to go out and get a copy at Amazon.com, What Goes Around Comes Around by Candace, C-A-N-D-A-C-E, Waller, W-A-L-L-E-R. What Goes Around Comes Around. Her website, please visit her, CandaceWaller.com, C-A-N-D-A-C-E. W-A-L-L-E-R. You can send out tweets and your Facebook messages and letting everybody know to check out Candace Waller. We want to thank her for being here with us this morning. And remember that quote from Nikki Giovanni, I really don't think life is about the I could have been. Life is only about the I tried to do. I don't mind the failure, but I can imagine that I'd forgive myself if I didn't try. So if there's something you want to do like Nicole and Candace's book, What goes around comes around. She's dealing with some self-esteem issues, but I'm Mm -hmm. sure Nikki Giovanni would tell her to go for it, Nicole, and so I encourage (laughs) you to do the same. Remember, remember, bookmark, set it on your calendar. Every Saturday morning at 11 o'clock New York City time, you're going to catch off-the-shelf radio because you don't want to miss out on these blessings. You just don't want to miss out, whether you're a book lover or another creative or you, you, you're you a business owner and you want to look for some enlightenment, inspiration, and motivation and learn from how somebody else was able to get more exposure or launch their book, which you might be able to translate into a business product launch and be successful at it. You want to tune in to Off the Shelf Radio, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday mornings. Remember, you guys, you are amazing. I don't care what happens to you and what you concept about yourself. The truth is you are amazing. You are phenomenal. You are incredible. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself today. Thank you so much, Candace Waller. I'll shoot you an email. Bye for now. Thank you.
1: Bye-bye.